0: And online at 960theBull.com, your home for CBS Sports Radio, WRNS Kinston, Sports Talk 960, The Bull. CBS
1: Sports
2: Radio. Welcome to hour two of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. Uh, I am Brian Hanks. If you missed the first hour, by golly, you missed a really fast moving and awesome first hour. Uh, as we're doing the show live from, uh, Garner and, uh, spacious and beautiful Mark Panicelli, you would be so impressed. You have got to, at some point this summer, you've got to come up here to Garner and see uh, Paul, uh, Whittington's man cave. It is, it's the best. I, and I've been in a ton of man caves. You have too, Mark. I promise you, you've not been in one like this, dude.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, you said good things about it. So, uh, good for Paul is starting off on a good note and it's. As his uh, as his uh, journey to 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 adulthood is, is uh, I mean, it's it's here. I mean, he's you know, and he's about to be a father. I mean, uh, he's gonna really appreciate that man cave. Let me tell you,
2: <laughs> uh, dude, you're absolutely right about that. But if you missed our first hour, you just heard Mark Panicelli's voice from two five two ESPN and the drive with Mark Panicelli. Uh, he joined us uh, again. We're doing the show live from Garner. Uh, this morning or today here, uh, at Paul Whittington, Estate, it is, it's really super cool, but we appreciate, uh, Paul and Mark coming up here in this second hour. We've got, uh, of course, we're going to have Mark here for about 10 more minutes or so, maybe uh, seven or eight minutes, something like that. And then we'll have, uh, the new and old head basketball coach of a rental parrot Academy. The boys team is going to be joining us. Clay Harrell. We'll be uh, talking to him about his decision to come back to uh, Parrot Academy. So, again, uh, man, what a fun show. And let's see, in that first hour, Mark, we did a lot of North Wilkesboro talk, a lot of uh, NASCAR all-star talk. We got a little Carolina Hurricanes talk there at the end of the first hour. (sighs) This is a time when if you were here right now, dude, I'd be putting my head on your shoulder and hoping that you would be trying to (laughs) soothe me and (laughs) trying to make me feel better. What in the world and bearing in mind, dude, that I've not got to watch the last two Celtics games because of being up in North Wilkesboro for uh, the all-star race and all the weekend of festivities, our Celtics who went in as overwhelming favorites. In fact, people were saying that could even be a sweep or five games or at the very least six games that our Celtics would win. Now, if our Celtics are going to win, they're going to have to do something that's never happened before in the history of the NBA playoffs, uh, Panicelli. First, I, I don't even know where to go i guess i'm just throwing all this at your feet uh, i am blithering i don't even know what else to say man what in the world is going wrong with our celtics dude
3: man you're gonna throw this on my feet like yes I, you I know am. i yes love I this am. i love this this painting you have of me you know your head resting on my shoulder and i'm i have a little <laughs> handkerchief and i'm wiping the tears from your eyes and I'm telling you everything's going to be all right what I'm telling you right now. Here's here's what I want to tell you. Um 0 and 149. Oh lord. 0
2: and 149. Do you know what those numbers represent? I'm just guessing but I'm thinking that is the record <laughs> of uh Uh, The the number of times that a a team that's been behind three games to none in an NBA Mm -hmm. series has come back to win that series. That is right. That is right, 149 times. Uh, And we now have –
3: it will be 151 once we're done here because uh, the Lakers are also in this boat. And I would like to say, if I'm going to take any happiness from this, Come on in this zero oh and three boat, <laughs> Laker fans, and sit with us with the NBA executives who are stuck with the Denver-Miami finals. So enjoy that NBA executives, while I will be watching something else because I will be sad and alone. I I don't have I don't even I don't even know how to explain any of this.
1: I, and
3: I, I no no because I, 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 I'm just gonna say this know this team. It seems so unfair, and it's like maybe this is the simplest thing to say because I just said this about the Hurricanes, about you need your star players to be star players, and maybe I'm only scratching the surface. We've talked about this. To the bench players, and I named you all the Miami players uh, under Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, you're taking that group, right? Like if I took Jimmy Butler – and and Bam bio off the heat, and I took Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum off of the Celtics, would you not take that group of Celtics over that group of heat? Now, you're probably going to ask me, well, are they going to keep Spolstra? Because maybe the problem is the coach, and maybe it is. But here's what I can tell you. It's not Joe Missoula's fault that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined for 26 points. Good combined. God. Combined for 26 points. So – I ultimately still push this towards, and I know they are young, and I'm using the air quotes here, but again, they've been amazing in the fact that they've gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals, whatever, five out of the last seven years. But they've only made it to the finals once. So they've fallen flat on their face a lot of times in this round, and they certainly fell short last year late in the the finals, and they're not coming back. The Celtics are not coming back and the Lakers are not coming back. So if if that's your next question, don't because it's not – it would be nice to see them come back and maybe win a game or two. But I'll be honest with you. I couldn't even watch it because I have high blood pressure, Brian. (laughs) Like, I mean, this is a real medical condition. And in all seriousness, I can't watch it. I can't. It's killing me. It's killing me inside as a person.
2: As a human being, well, maybe I should just give up. No, don't selfish. give up. But here, <laughs> here's the thing that, and again, bearing in mind that I didn't watch last night's game and just saw, basically, I've only seen highlights of the last two games, Mark. But it's got to happen sometime. It's almost like when the Red Sox came back and beat the Yankees in what, 2004, I guess it was. There's got to be a first time that it happens. But having said that, and you sort of answered my question right there, you just you don't see any possibility that that hey, this could be that first time in a hundred and fifty series or a hundred and fifty-one series that uh, that a team that's down three games to none comes back and wins it. I mean, have they shown you any indication that that could happen? I guess is a question.
3: Um, no, <laughs> uh, and, and, I'll, and and I'll tell you <clears> – <throat> Simple and to the it's, point. I like it. <laughs> ultimately because it's going to take some kind of dog, you know, and I mean alpha dog, to do something like that. And I don't know that I see that in this group of players um, that, uh, that that Boston has currently constructed. And, again, I, and, and here's the even more puzzling part. Like, let's fast forward through this. You know, because, I, again, I don't. I mean – again on, on if we play these things on paper, I mean, you're looking at this team uh, and we talked about the star players, but I mean, man, you're bringing me Al Horford and Malcolm Brogdon and robert williams and uh, and Marcus smart, and it goes on and on and on, and I mean it just seems like that how how are you losing this series? I mean, maybe losing the game, I just don't even understand and and again, to an an a play in team, you know. Before, you know, you know, t- t- just three or four years ago, Miami wouldn't even have made it to the playoffs, let alone had a chance to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And, and you're now facing elimination from them. I still, again, they have an incredible coach. Jimmy Butler is one of the most underrated stars in the NBA. And when the game is on the line, when it's a really clutch moment, he is just a phenomenal player. So I don't see it. Um, and even – and and here's the bigger problem. I don't know what the Celtics do after this. What do they do? Do they just shake up all the little pieces under the Jalen Brown-Tatum uh, umbrella, which is what I'm thinking they're going to do? Um, and, again, I don't know. I, but and, – and and is it an, an overreaction? Because, I mean, they, they, they made it to the Final Four, and it, it's not – you know, when you get a few months removed, see, I'm emotionally involved right now. See, right now I'm trapped in the hurt, the pain, Brian. <laughs> see, I can't see anything past the hurt and the pain. And so, you know, when I get a, a removed, lead, last year was very painful, but you made it to the finals, So there's there's a lot of optimism that's still there for sure. But I think we can't look away from the fact that maybe you had home court advantage. Um, and in a couple of these games, You had a chance. You were leading in the fourth quarter uh, to to win some of these games. I just – and this is something that's not just this year. This is why I say you can't put this on Joe Mazzola. I think this team has struggled with closing games out. So, as far as the Lakers go on the other end of this, they weren't supposed to be here anyway. Denver's been the best team in the West all year long, and it looks like they are going to get in. And we're going to get a Denver-Miami series, and it won't be (laughs) big ratings for the NBA it won't be um but you know uh you know i maybe by then a little bit of the pain will go away by games 3 and 4 of the finals and i'll enjoy it because you know after that we just got nascar and baseball until until football starts again so you well, know i will have right. to get over it at some point but.
2: no 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 you're absolutely right i got to tell you you didn't really help me there at all i mean i'm still over here dabbing at my eyes with my kleenex and all that but it is what it is okay mark Sometimes no, you got to Sometimes you gotta
3: rip the band-aid off and say, you know what? <laughs> it's not gonna get any better. This is this is what it is, but I'm gonna get through it one way or the other. You know what, you what know I mean? It's sort know. of like acceptance. Acceptance.
2: There you go. Wait a minute. What the great words of uh, the great Gloria Gaynor, I believe, I will survive.
3: <laughs> as long as I know how to love, uh, I, I know I'll get by or something like something that. Is that right?
2: <laughs> Man, kids who are listening are going, Who the hell is are they talking about? Listen, Mark Panicelli. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us, Uh, man, 15 minutes into the second hour. I appreciate it, and I can't wait to do the home and home with you on Wednesday on on your program, but, uh, man, and who knows? By that time, we could be – dude, I think we're going to be talking about the uh, Nuggets versus the Heat when I'm on your show on Wednesday, dude. Yeah, I think so. I
3: think uh, Nuggets, Heat, and uh, who knows? We may be talking about – you know, the 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 Stanley Cup finals as well. Oh. I, I really hope I really hope that we're not. And to, tonight's gonna be big on that and uh well let, let's hope the Canes don't
2: continue the misery tonight and maybe give us some hope. I'm with you with that one hundred percent. Listen, Mark Panicelli, the drive with Mark Panicelli, Monday through Friday, five o'clock. Well I'm just gonna say one oh seven point five or two five two ESPN or even on Facebook. I know she has been doing stuff on Facebook again uh check him out and uh, enjoy his show who you got today real quick oh man uh i don't know if you've heard of this guy paul whittington's <laughs> gonna join
3: us <laughs> yes. he really knows a lot about NASCAR, Brian. you should listen <laughs> to him today he's gonna be on there and i think trevor denell's gonna join us uh fun journal uh editor and so uh should be fun should be fun join us this afternoon please
2: very good well listen i appreciate it hey ask him how tired he is of me because I, I gotta tell you he was starting to get short with me a little bit last night and even the night before i think i think he's had his fill of brian hanks okay <laughs> i'll definitely get the lowdown <laughs> there you for go. you we'll 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 find out we'll find out so, uh, absolutely you're the best man thank you so much for joining us we'll talk to you on wednesday on the home and home okay Happy Monday, man. We'll see you Wednesday. There you go. That's Mark Panicelli, 252 ESPN. Again, really do appreciate him joining us. Like I said, 15 minutes into our uh, second hour. Let's get Clay Harrell up here on the line with us. And while we're doing that, let's thank our uh, title sponsor of The uh, big interview, it's UNC Lenore Healthcare, the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hanks Show, nestled in the heart of Lenore County right here, or right in Kinston. UNC Lenore Healthcare's mission is to ensure exceptional healthcare for the people it serves. With well, a medical staff of more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore Healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find at hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare. Oh, we got his voicemail. Two, five. Uh, visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road. In Kinston for your health care needs, or call them at 252 522 7000. You can also email them at infolenore.org at or visit their comprehensive website at unclenore.org. And again, thank you so much to Beverly Jenkins, all the folks over at UNC Lenore Healthcare. For being the uh, exclusive sponsor of our big interview, it's going to be Clay Harrell here in a moment when we get him up here on the line. I got to tell you, I've had my life insurance with Woman Life for more than 10 years, and I absolutely could not be happier with it. I know if something bad happens to me, those I care for are going to be very well taken care of. The beauty of Woodman Life, though, isn't just the peace of mind that I have with it, but that it's an organization that truly cares for our community, as evidenced by its donations of American flags to every group, organization, church, or government agency that needs one right here in eastern North Carolina. Thank you so much to Danny Rice, Jared Edwards, and Woodman Life for sponsoring the Brian Hanks Show, if you need a good life insurance quote, or even financial advice, call Jared at 252-361-2414, or visit him at 1136 Highway 258 North in Kenston. It's right beside Highland Furniture, across from Cell Auto Mall.
0: Arendell Parrot Academy is the largest independent, non-sectarian college prep school in the region, located on a beautiful 80-acre campus in Kenston. Parrot draws students from all over eastern North Carolina, including Kenston, Greenville, Snow Hill, Louvre, Wilson, Goldsboro, Trenton, Maysville, Jacksonville, and maybe Hookerton, Parrot Academy remains steadfast in its purpose of providing the best possible instruction and learning environment for its students. Arundel Parrot Academy students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give them a call at 252 522. 4222, or visit their beautiful campus at 1901 Dobbs Farm Road in Kinston.
2: And joining us on our Spence Automotive Guest Line, you just heard the uh, the, the little sounder there for Rendell Parrot Academy. Well, by golly, it's the new, or may I say the <laughs> old, basketball coach at a, a boys basketball coach at Rendell Parrot Academy. It's our good friend Clay Harrell joining us on the Spence Automotive Guest Line. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, Brian. Hope you guys are well rested, and I appreciate you having me. Good to be back. Well, I'm glad to have you too, but not well-rested, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. I can imagine. It wasn't as bad as you would think, though. I don't know if you saw what I tweeted last night, uh, or actually early this morning, but man, they got those parking lots cleared out quick last night. I mean, we were anticipating it was going to be, you know, I mean, you've been to, I don't, have you ever been to North Wilkesboro? I've only driven by, it. I dated a girl up that way one time, but I've only driven by. it. Oh, wait a minute. You dated a Wilkes County girl? Yeah, back in college, but uh, don't let Taylor hear that because that that won't be a good night for me. There you go. Well, well, good. Well, hey, Taylor is awesome. We love her to death. But I got to tell you, man, nothing, nothing that, nothing better than a good, uh, a good country uh, Wilkes County girl. Let me tell you, okay. (laughs) okay (laughs) you'll just take my word for it hey let's get away from that hey coach clay harrell joining us this morning here on the brian hanks show and uh man some great news last week uh, as you broke it on social media that uh you are back at a rendal parrot academy one season away uh you went back to to your roots in wilson county and uh started taking care of business there but then I don't know if it was a Godfather thing. I said that in the first hour, Coach. But I don't know if they just made you a deal too good to what uh, a deal you couldn't refuse or something like that. But how in the world is our good friend Clay Harold back at Rendell Parent Academy? Um, well, I wouldn't say that. I think it was uh, you know Coach Matt Beeman could
4: sell ice to Eskimos, so um, <laughs> he was he was adamant. You know, we talked pretty much all year long. You know, I had a head surgery back in October, and he just kind of kept talking to me and asking how things were going. And then, obviously, I had Garrett uh, Grady who helped him with football, helped me with our basketball stuff. So, the connection was always there. He kind of just always talked to me, wanted to make sure how I was doing, <clears throat> how things were going. And then, kind of, as things kind of progressed down the line, what I consider coming back. And I said, uh, and I always kind of was like, well, we'll just have to see. You know, we'll just have to see. And then, uh, you know, the next thing before I know it, you know, he continues to ask, and then, I'm telling him I'm in and then, you know, me and uh, Mr. Moody sit down and we kind of hammer some stuff out and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, he, he, he made me an offer where it made me feel like I was definitely wanted back. And to be honest with you, Brian, I did want to come. So I think it's a, uh, it's a good fit for, for me. And I think it's a good fit for everyone there for, uh, what we're trying to do, I really believe that.
2: Well, absolutely, and in the time that you were an assistant coach to uh, the time when you took over the program, some really good, uh, some good times at Arundel Parrot Academy on the boys' basketball side. And like I said, <clears throat> I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am that you are going to be back. Uh, it, if there's a lesson here, and and I mean this sincerely here, Coach, I mean. It's that you never burn bridges. Is, would you would you say that's a good lesson? I mean, not just for you, obviously, as you're proving it, but I'm talking about just a life lesson for people who are listening. To this maybe young folks who are coming up. I mean, you left there obviously, and, you know, and they loved you when they left. They hated to lose you. But there's something to be said for never burning bridges, right, Coach? Right, I agree,
4: Brian. I mean, you you don't want to leave somewhere, especially somewhere like Parrot that had done so much for me, you know, for, for four years. They, they made me into a better coach, a better teacher, a better man. And uh, I, I really was indebted to them. And I think I let you know them kind of understand it on my way out And that this wasn't a me wanting to find a better situation because in reality, you know, you can't really find a better situation as far as everything under one roof um, as far as academics and athletics and kind of the, the drivenness of even all the athletes um in that in that building i think it's it's a good marriage but i think it's as far as advice you never want to just tell you never want to leave on the wrong you know the wrong foot you don't want to burn bridges you don't want to talk bad about someone especially someone that has done so much for you as, as they all have so i think i think that's a very important life lesson because you never know you know you never know what what you may need down the road you never know what they may need down the road so i think it's very important to uh to leave it you know just as you found it or even better than when you found it i think is is the way to go
2: and that's exactly what you did too coach uh what you did when you left and and again just i don't want to belabor this point but that's one of the things dude i'm 54 i'm much much older than you are but that's one of the things i've tried to tell people in the professional realm is even if it's a, a and you didn't obviously i mean you really appreciated your time there like you said you learned a lot and all that but that's one thing you never do even if you hate the job you don't let anybody know that. You, you leave a position, like you said, in a better area than you did when you got there, and that's exactly what you did. Coach Clay Harrell joined us this morning here on the Brian Hanks Show as we we're talking about his return to Arendelle Parade Academy. He's a head basketball coach there. You were gone for a season, Coach. How much did you keep up? I mean, especially with the state championship of football. We should let people know. Too. Now, are you going to be assisting in football also?
4: Yes, sir. I think they got me They got me running around pretty well over there. But <laughs> well, on top of that, they're taking care of me in a lot of different other ways. So um, as far as the things that I need in place, and they've really done that, made it really appreciative. But, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, talking to the uh, Coach Demon, basically through the whole year, and we see each other on Saturdays at ECU tailgates, And, you know, he let me know how it was going. And I kept up with them pretty well because, some of those senior guys, or some of the first guys, groups, the group of kids that I had come through the weight room as freshmen, and there was a group of about four or five of them that really, really, really dug in and built that foundation that for everybody underneath those kids to work to kind of aspire to be. Your Ashton Brinsons, your Paxton Rileys, your Aaron Joneses, your Andrew Daniels. I mean, Andrew Daniels is a is 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 the man, um, but. You know, I've kept up with them as far as basketball wise. I'll be honest with you, I, I just I, I didn't stay too much in it. You know, I tried to oh, tried yeah. to let you know Coach Brown kind of do his own thing and kind of let him know before the end of the year if you need me, I'm here. You know, don't don't hesitate to reach out. Um, and then obviously, you know, you, you kind of get lost in your own season. So I mean, I think for us, you know, it wasn't wasn't great, but, I mean, for us, you know, for me, I was trying to focus on my group of guys that I had this past year at FIKE and trying to
2: make a difference with those guys. So, no, I, I just tried to kind of remove myself from the situation. Well, Mr. Prodigal Son, how was that year away? Uh, you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit there, being at FIKE this year. Uh, what was a year away from a uh, rental academy like? I would say <clears throat> uh, athletically-wise, for me, it helped me with football because I stepped
4: in uh, with football in the uh, – Uh, The current head coach wanted me and this other kid to kind of run the uh, JV program. And both of us, obviously, um, kind of did our own – well, not really did our own thing, but he kind of put me in a position to call offensive plays the first time. And it's not even something I really – generally, I I didn't even think I really wanted to do it. Um, But but he asked me to do it, and I kind of stepped in there. And it kind of helped me that way, especially with the football side of things. Um, I would say basketball-related, I mean, our results weren't good. I think we were like four and 20. Um, but I, I would say we, we, we showed up and we had very good practices, I would say I would say that 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 we were able to change some of the culture issues that we may have had. Um, but you never know But it, it was a, it was a much needed one because for me it was like a health reset. I would say I benefited more from a health perspective than I did I guess athletically even though you know I feel like every, every year you got to get better as a coach and I feel like even this year, Even if the results didn't bear it, I feel like I did get better as a coach. So I think it, and I owe that to a lot of those kids that didn't really know me. And I come in, they gave me a chance, and they bought in. And I think, you know, we were able to make a difference with them.
2: There you go. Again, that voice that you're listening to is Coach Clay Harrell. uh, I keep calling you the the new coach at Parrot Academy, but I guess new slash old coach at Parrot Academy. Uh, He will be back for this upcoming season Uh, on the football side. He'll be an assistant football coach. He'll be. Uh, the head basketball coach there too. I tell you what, let's, uh, let's put a pin in that because I'd like to pick your brain on uh, a couple of other sports, if you don't mind. And I mean, outside of the Parrot Academy realm, you're a big NASCAR fan coach. And, uh, we just got through talking to Mark Panicelli, as you know, uh, Paul and I were up in North Wilkesboro all weekend. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Again, you're a, you're a young man, but you're a big, uh, NASCAR fan and you go to a lot of tracks. You go to a lot of races. Uh, what did you think about uh, NASCAR's uh, decision to take the All Star Race to North Wilkesboro, and what did it look like to you on TV all weekend? I mean, I thought it
4: was awesome. Brian, I'll be honest with you; we're actually heading to the 600 this weekend. Yep, but yep. I think for them to um, flip the page and kind of go back to their roots and kind of seeing how that place was pretty much, you know, in ruins uh, up to about two or three years ago, and for them to pump that put that money in that facility to get it where it is, and kind of like you said, it, it flowed so smooth. Um, I think it kind of helped NASCAR, especially with a bunch of different aspects of trying to regain maybe some of the old fans, maybe get some new fans, and maybe just trying to make it, you know, a, a new a new type of race, you know, maybe a new type of – maybe it's even a point race down the line, you know, kind of getting another track on the schedule that maybe isn't as boring as, you know, your one-and-a-half-mile ovals like Texas, you know, because I know last year, a couple of years, you're watching the all-star race in Texas, you're like, it's got to be better than this. And I know Kyle Larson dominated, but at the same time, the race, I think, all weekend was really good, including the truck race. I think that was probably the best thing. But I think from uh, our view at viewers' point of home, I think it just looked like a great, great atmosphere. Like the crowd was really into it. It looked like it was a really, really good, strong turnout that some racetracks don't even have, you know, right now. So I think it looked really awesome. I think NASCAR probably has to consider it a success. I really do.
2: And I should say this. I mean, you're a guy – how many races have you already been to this year? And like you said, you're going to be in uh, in Concord for the Charlotte Motor Speedway or the Coca-Cola 600 this week. Uh, how many races have you already been to? And you've – you're not a rookie when it comes to attending races, are you? Uh, no, sir. Actually, this year we've actually been –
4: We're actually taking a little easier, so um, we've only done Richmond this year, and that's it, man. Well, my biggest thing is that Saturday, that Sunday to Monday turnaround. Trying to teach school, (laughs) it's it's it's, it's tough. So we try to stay away from that and try to maybe do a Saturday night, or try to work around we have a day off. But uh, no, we're not we're not rookies. That's for sure. We try to we try to make as many as, as we can because it is. There, there's quite nothing like a NASCAR experience. It's kind of hard to tell somebody that hasn't been there, but it's a little bit different in person than just watching watching on TV. It is.
2: Well, see, and that's what I try to tell people about that, but what I also try to tell people about hockey. I mean, you know, if you're not a hockey fan and it's because, well, you know, it's kind of boring on TV, no, 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 no. This is what I try. Jacques Passelig, one of our uh, sponsors here on the show from uh, GoEco Office Automation, he and I have talked about it before, and I know you feel the same way too. You're a big hockey fan also hockey on TV, racing on TV, it is nothing like the experience that you have when you're actually at those venues, is it?
4: No, it's not even the same. It's not even remotely the same, to be honest. Especially, uh, I would agree with you on the hockey, Uh, even though I think I, I don't know, maybe it's just me because we go to so many games. It it seems like a very, it's an enjoyable product on both ends, where it's like, you know, you talk to somebody about NASCAR, man, you really watch cars go, turn left for like three hours. Is that what you really do? And it has to be boring but it's really not, especially not in person. Now, I don't even think it's born on TV, but there again, I like it. I'm a fan, but yeah, I would say to that, that person that says that about watching on TV, just just go to a race, you know, just go to a race and kind of just take it all in and kind of experience everything that has to offer because, you know, it's 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 a whole different, unique experience, like you said, on both fronts. Um, both of them are very different, unique experiences, but they're 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 really, you know, they're really crowd-driven and they're really more interesting if you get to see it in person. It just is.
2: Well, the beauty to me of, of going to races, I've been to a few now over the last couple of years, since Paul Whittington has got me back into racing again, I, you know, I don't know if you and I had talked about this. I had left the sport primarily as a fan. I had left it because of them leaving North Wilkesboro. So them coming back has just kind of brought me back too. But on top of that, just like I said, you can't be, you know, this coach, you can't be around Paul Whittington and not become a NASCAR fan. If you're going to be his friend, you know?
4: That's true.
2: That's very true. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this, Uh, our last question before we uh, jump back to uh, Parrot Academy here. Uh, Your thoughts, I mean, again, as someone who is a true blue uh, NASCAR fan and goes to races and keeps up with it and spends your money on it and everything, from everything you've seen, and this is a question that I didn't get around to asking Paul and Mark, but I wanted to ask you this. Do you see you sort of alluded to it a little bit. Do you see perhaps North Wilkesboro even as early as next year, or maybe a year or two out, becoming a points race in the uh in the what, the thirty six races or whatever that uh, NASCAR does every year? Do you see that in their future? I I think so, because why would you put all that money and all those resources into
4: just doing it as a one off? You know, I mean I'm sure they did very well this weekend, but if you mean to tell me if you could put all three national series at that racetrack and do a Friday to Sunday deal, you know, you probably make. I think you'd make more money. You know, not to mention, you know, they might repay the track. But, you know, they always do the whole thing of, especially around July or whenever when they try to do the street race or they did the Road of Americas. They're trying to find something to try to catch more viewers. But I, but I think I think they're going to look back at this past weekend and say, hey, this is what we did viewership wise. This is what we did ticket sales wise. This is what the crowd looked like. Now, if we put a points race to it, we put some stages in it, and maybe one guy doesn't dominate the race. You know, it, it's something that that's viable. And I don't think you put that type of money and have that type of support just to do like an all-star race one time a year. You know, I just don't think – I just don't think you do that. And I, and I think it does t- – I think it does. I don't know when, but I think it does.
2: I really do. Well, there you go. That voice you're listen to is Clay Harrell. He's the uh, basketball coach, a new and old basketball coach at Rendell Parrot Academy, joining us this morning here on the Brian Hanks Show. And the only retort that I would have to what you just said or the only I'll, – I'll play devil's advocate just for a moment – Coach, is that uh, look what they did, what they've done in L.A. the last two years when they will take the infield or the infield. They will take the football field in uh, Los Angeles, turn it into a track, and then tear it all up and do it again. And then even at Bristol, uh, think about the millions of dollars it's got to cost to turn that into a – into a dirt track, and then they tear it all up and, you know, turn it back into a, a regular track again. That would be my only retort is, hey, you're wondering, well, you're going to spend all this money to uh, improve North Wilkesboro. I, I hate to say that. Hey, I got to tell you, Coach, NASCAR has burned me before, okay? I believe it. They, they, <laughs> but I think they, they tend to burn a lot of fans sometimes,
4: so I understand, I do.
2: Well, there you go. Okay, uh, let's get back to uh, talking a little. Well, I, gotta, I, I have to ask you, do the, do the Hurricanes, we talked about this in the first hour, and I know, again, you have been a huge Canes fan, uh, can we win four of the last five and uh, make it to the Stanley Cup final? Well, I can say this about the team. I mean, you never say never
4: with this group. You really don't because you got Rod Brendamore and you always got a chance. So you never know. You lost two overtime games, obviously one marathon, one on Thursday, and then obviously Saturday night. Got over relatively quick in overtime, but – I think tonight they come out and they take care of business. You're right back in it at two one. You can't afford to lose tonight, which I think they'll come out and play well because they've given you no indication uh, all year that they won't come back and respond. So I think they got a chance.
2: Well, there you go. You're a big basketball fan too. I right, let me let me uh, put a quarter in your NBA machine. Uh, we could have had Celtics Lakers, but it really looks like it's going to be uh, Nuggets Heat. As a basketball fan too, too, you're just a Renaissance man when it comes to to sports here, Coach Harold. I mean, you like you love all of them. Uh, how excited are you about a Nuggets Heat final? Um, I'd say I'm pretty excited. I mean, obviously, Celtics Lakers the battle
4: banner number 18 would have been awesome. Seeing LeBron kind of go for it, maybe fight title number five would have been great. But you know, sometimes you don't get what you need or what you want. But um, I would say it's going to be because you got you, it's, it's got a, a chance to be a good final because you've got. Jimmy Butler, who's on this all-world tear right now, right? He, he's making a case for maybe he's maybe the best player in the world right now, especially when the chips are down and you got to have somebody go get you a shot, go get you a, a bucket, or whatever you might need. Jimmy Butler seems to be that guy right now. And then you look on the other side of the coin, you got Nikola Jokic, and not a lot of people know about him, right? You don't really pay attention to it. You don't realize he's probably the best player in the league right now. Um And he's got a chance to kind of showcase that. And he's been showcasing it pretty much the entire playoffs. But, you know, maybe on that stage, maybe he'll finally get some of the recognition he deserves. So I think it'll be a good series. I think if you like basketball, you'll enjoy it. But if you're just a market, big market guy, you probably won't watch it. But I, I know we'll be tuned in for
2: sure. Oh, I know you will be, Coach. I mean, like I said, you're sort of the renaissance man when it comes to sports. You'll watch all of them and any of them. Uh, the only thing, and I'll just leave this about Jokic, it's unfair to him for us East Coast folks that, you know, dude, you got to remember, unless they're on a we- uh, on an East Coast swing, nuggets games don't start till ten thirty, until 10 or ten thirty right. at night and you know <clears throat> old people like me coach we try to be in bed by nine thirty or 10 o'clock anyway so that's one reason why you i both. haven't had a chance to see him coach well me and you both I, I don't watch too much of it i just try to catch
4: up on it on the next on the next day and not to mention one of my former players at parrots Noah Miller had to give him a shout out here. He is a humongous Jokic fan. And for four years, he he's like, Coach, you see see what Jokic did last night? Jokic is, is, is good. We actually had a debate about it a couple a couple weeks ago. He was like, you think Jokic is top 100 all time? I was like, Jesus. I was like Wow. Whoa, top 100? I said, okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's one of those things that, that, that uh, I don't know, I probably watch more clips than games, especially because, you know, we're playing at the same time the NBA is playing. So, more of a, a cliff and read type deal for me so i don 't really watch i especially don 't watch the east West coast games because i 'm like you if we 're not in bed by nine or ten o 'clock <laughs> something something 's going on.
2: There you go. Okay, we're wrapping it up here with uh, Arendelle Parrot Academy head basketball coach Clay Harrell. We've talked about a little bit of everything. I did just want to, you know, having accepted that position and formally announcing it uh, at the end of last week, uh, what are your thoughts about this team that's coming up? Again, they had kind of a rough season too. Uh, nothing against Coach Brown. I mean, I know he worked his tail off there to get the best results that he could, but a 4-19 finish for uh, for the Patriots this past year. What do you need to do uh, to uh, get this team back on the winning side, Coach? Well, I mean, I guess you know. I guess anybody knows me now. I mean, just
4: just put your head down and go to work. Yeah. And I think that starts with me, and I think that starts with. It. There's a couple of those guys. I know Fletcher Jones obviously played for me as a freshman. Um, I think he's got a really high ceiling. Um, obviously, I think Oliver LeCoyer, who played from from, uh, from JV, I watched him play some J.B. at night three year, and I think he had a really good year last year for them. And then, um, <clears throat> a kid like a Connor Wolf will be a senior. And maybe you, maybe you get some other kids maybe to come back and play. You don't ever know. Um, but then there's some of that younger group. I think there's got a chance to be some really good players. You know, Coach Demon coached the eighth grade group. That'll be ninth graders this year. And that's kind of spearheaded by Chase Jones, who, who's Caleb Jones's brother, who played for for uh, me and Coach Hines back in the day. And he's got a chance to be pretty good. And, um, uh, and Tamir Moore likes him. So if Tamir Moore likes him. I think he might have a chance to be pretty good. So, <laughs> You know, it's it's one of those things that if, you know, the ones that'll buy in and put their heads down and go to work just like I will, you know, we'll have a chance to build a very successful program. And I'm gonna coach both teams because wow. I wanted to do I wanted to do that because I think in the in the game that we're trying to play, everything has to be the same, right? Everything from our culture to our discipline to our structure to what we do on and off the court from ninth grade to twelfth grade needs to be the same in order to kind of develop a competitive attitude towards, you know, you know, what we have to play against because obviously it's it's pretty, it's, it's not always going to be fair on most nights but you know i know that and i know that the guys know that i know the guys that'll that'll, that'll really bring their lunch pails, clock in and go to work and uh make it competitive and we'll be a tough team to play every night I, I do know that i know we'll have a group of guys that'll be willing to do that i think some of the results will, will swing our way more often than not
2: well, very good. Well, listen, uh, again, I got to tell you, I was giddy when I saw that last week that uh, you're coming back, and I know a lot of fans are going to be happy about that too. Listen, thank you so much for joining us. Sorry we started a little bit late this morning, but I appreciate you. And, uh, hey, if you need a PA guy a couple of games next year, I know a, I know a guy that uh, is pretty good with a mic in his hand, okay? You know, you know you're always welcome. You know I always want you around. You know that. Coach Harold. you're the best. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you, Mr. Hank. That is Clay Harrell from Rendell Perry. Let's play the birthday game. We'll come back and wrap up the show right after that. Today is Monday, May the 22nd in the year of our Lord 2023. You've heard a tired Brian all day today. You know, I was at the NASCAR All-Star Weekend in North Wilkesboro. You know, the race didn't even begin until 8 o'clock last He's night. He's full of beans. He was on the Menudo Tour. You know what I know. Who won? Uh, a very deserving driver. I tell you what, he worked his butt off. He's an all-star, and he proved it last night in the victory. What's his name? Uh, you know who I'm talking about. It's he's the a-
5: nine-car pileup
2: on that last lap. was just crazy. <laughs> uh, time travel. So, uh, anyway, uh, y'all know what I did all weekend. I hung out with uh, a bunch of Wilkes County folks and NASCAR fans all weekend uh, in North Wilkesboro.
0: Did y'all share teeth? <laughs> Why? That is so mean.
5: You know, I started to make a joke, but I'm like, he's already got his teeth sharp, and I know something. <laughs>
2: <coming. laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, well played. How was your weekend, Jonathan? Oh well, you know what? I got to tell you, uh, I did a little research uh, after Dawson. You had a perfect game on Friday. Jonathan had a perfect game on Thursday. Uh, it was, uh, Dawson, it was your ninth perfect game. It was Massey's 32nd perfect game. And you doubted me, John Dawson, when I said that you two had had back-to-back perfect games before. In my defense, you changed your story six times in 30 <laughs> seconds. Well, I went back and did research on it. It was back in November. Uh, this past November seventh and eighth, you two had back to back perfect games. But
5: if you had pulled that out of thin air and been accurate, that it would have been time for me to head for the hills. <laughs> that was that would have been scary. But I
2: was kind of, But I was still proud that I remembered that. I am very proud. There of There you me. go. But uh, how was your weekend after your perfect game on Friday, John Dawson?
5: I, I just I had to turn the phone off. The press just would not leave me alone. Yeah. They, you know, as, as Massey had it, is the Massey time, term, is the Massey reign over. Uh, is my thesaurus missing some pages? Yes,
2: because I'm stumbling right <laughs> there now. There you go. You lead nine days to six here in uh, in May. Uh, you know what that means, Massey? You trail six days to nine.
0: Yeah. So I'm only three behind.
2: You're only three behind. That's right.
0: So should we tell them that we went and hung out in in, in Swansboro this weekend, this past weekend or not? What? Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. It was great. We had steaks. We took our other friend. Did you?
1: Yeah.
2: Get ready to have <laughs> to edit, okay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't tell you to go to North Wilkesboro.
2: <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm,
5: I'm hurt. It was the anniversary of the first opposable thumb, to 10 years. <laughs> the
2: 10-year anniversary. What did you do this weekend? Seriously, John.
5: Worked on some music stuff. Just kind of enjoyed being home. I've been doing a lot of traveling on the week as of late. So I kind of
2: recuperated. How's it feel to be the father of a daughter who is about to graduate from high school? Ah, It's okay. You know, it's kind of,
5: you know, 10 minutes ago she was running around the house in a diaper with a ginger ale bottle, waving it around like a saber, and now she's, (laughs) you know, hardly home. So that's just how it goes.
2: Ironically, Running around in a diaper and waving a ginger ale bottle around is what Jonathan did this past weekend.
5: I figured you'd ruin it. I just didn't know how.
2: <laughs> Isn't that how you spent your weekend, Jonathan?
0: Well, it was the only way I could acclimate to the folks up in Wilkes County.
2: <laughs> God. What would you do this weekend,
0: dude? Uh, let's see. I've got a, a tiny little terrorist living in my house. You uh, sound like Brian North. Well, look, he he knows what he's talking about because at that age they are violent and unruly. Uh, you know, I was you know nursing a broken jaw. I got a hairline fracture from where she hit me with a shovel. Um,
2: now, now was that summer or was that the
0: the child? Uh, my lawyer has advised me not to comment on that. <laughs> okay. We can um,
2: neither confirm or, or deny. deny. I love it. I love it.
0: Which. Is a, is a great term to use when you're using it in conversation, mm-hmm. but when you reach out for somebody for comment for a news story, I wouldn't use neither confirm nor deny. Well, no
5: comment gets to the point you can't answer a question now unless there's like ninety eight. Yeah, I would silicon. just say no,
2: no comment. No, yeah. There's
5: your answer, no yeah. comment.
2: Yeah, no I mean, comment. TV comment. Sta- you know, I'm the PIO for Lenore County, and a lot of times TV stations will reach out for a comment from Michael James or the sheriff or somebody, and I'll talk to them, and we'll discuss should we make a comment what? on this situation. And if they say no, then I will say this is the sheriff has no comment on this What's situation. It's an ongoing investigation. Uh, there, Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, you wrote way too many of those stories. You know mm. the deal. Uh, let us uh, jump into the birthday. Y'all didn't ask me how my uh, my weekend was. Though. You already told us. You told us. I we to raise some had fun
0: there was a riot i think
2: it wasn't quiet (laughs) get it get it quiet that was real i know it was terrible i instantly regretted saying it okay
0: (laughs) i instantly regretted hearing it
2: you probably should john (laughs) dawson your ninth perfect game in the history of the birthday game was this past friday that means you get to tell us about Jacques passleg and goiko office automation
5: Jacques Passelig runs Goeco Office Automation, and that's the company that sponsors this segment. And as you may or may not know, Brian Hanks has a Canon copier that he bought from Goeco. And when he bought that thing, Color TV had only been in style for two or three years. Um, The airplane had just been invented by the Wright brothers. And uh, Dick Clark was only 22 years old. Wait, what? And that copier to this day still makes crisp, colorful copies that produce dollar bill currency that is still passable at most businesses in Lenore County. Back to you, Brian.
2: You're not wrong about that. Uh, And again, uh, just excellent customer service. If you want that kind of customer service, how do you do it? Jonathan Massey, who is in mid yawn right now.
0: (laughs) You give Jock a call at two, five, two, two, five, two, two, eight, six, two, eight, six, five, three, five, three, five, four. Or you can visit his websites at goeconc.com or whatisgoeco.com.
2: There you go. Uh, Why don't we jump into? let's say we've got one, two, three musicians here on, oh, I'm turning up the wrong one. He was a member of New Edition. I know we just had a New Edition a couple of birthdays a week or so ago. He was a member of New Edition. He also had a solid solo career. It's Bobby Brown. Nope. It's not Tress Vant. Nope. Not really. He was the sixth member of uh, Johnny Gill. Oh, yeah. Johnny Gill. This is Candy Girl from 1982. How old is Johnny Gill today over there, John and Dawson? Mm. You know, the more I think about it, I don't think he was with... Uh, he wasn't quite with a uh, uh, new addition yet for this song. Let's do another song here. Uh, oh, I know he was I don't think
5: that. there's anybody out there that... Uh
2: there is somebody watch. Someone will be like,
0: "He
1: wants to the night in the- Well, now, <laughs> yeah,
2: this is cool. It now, fifty-seven. Johnny Gill was born May the twenty-second, nineteen sixty-six. Yes, John Dawson, he is fifty-seven years old today. Mm. Johnny Gill and I are like this, son. I'm telling you, dude, uh, you're up one to nothing, man. You're continuing that perfect day. That you hold on. Sounds like Minnie Mouse. What is, get that
5: out of this here. This is new edition. Well, you're definitely going to like this. Sounds like the helium hour.
1: Cool it now. Got to cool it down. Oh, hey, Brian. Watch
2: cool it now. <laughs> Don't act like you're not impressed, Jonathan Massey. Did I give you a nosebleed? That song is. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. He was the front man for this band from 1982 to 87. Ooh, listen to that stereo back and forth. That's called tremolo,
5: And this is, uh, I know this. Hold on.
2: The Smiths. Who's the front man? Morrissey. There you go. Uh, I love this song. I had never really
5: heard that. Back and forth in my- Johnny, I love the guitar player, Johnny Marr. What about Morrissey? I don't care for Morrissey. Really? Why not? Just go read some interviews with him and get back to me. Give me a hint. Um, I you know, everybody wants to know too. It's listening. He's he's just a bit of a, a pill. He's a pinhead a schmuck, a, a putz. <laughs> is there, what's our boy doing over there right now, John? He's stifling a
2: stroke. Oh,
0: if only. Mm. Nah, I thought I was gonna sneeze.
2: Oh well, dude, we've not. I've not. I do. I make a point of not having a cat in here for several hours before. Uh, is it a cat related? who knows. It okay. was staring at me through the window earlier. <laughs> I remember when we were in the kitchen. This is How Soon Is Now by the Smiths. Love, love, love this song. Now, now I'm going to have to go look up a Morrissey interview.
0: I He's a pill,
5: who,
2: huh? I'm Yeah, I'm trying to keep it so
5: I don't have to edit it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know who the Smiths are or really? if they were popular. Why? Can I tell them
5: what year they this were came They were like out? college rock, 82 to 80, 88 or 9. 82 like. to 87. Okay, yeah. This is
2: uh,
5: this is when I was in high school. They had a so song called like Shoplifters of the World Unite. I think that was a big hit, too.
2: I'm going to play a couple of bars from it. Shoplifters of the World Unite. How old is Morrissey today over there, Jonathan Massey? Uh,
0: 62. You
2: say 62. What do you say, John Dawson? Pretty good guess. Oh, my. Oh, chorus, chorus.
1: That's a song. That
2: is a song. Okay, you said how old, John Dawson, Jonathan Massey?
0: 60, what did I say, 62? I don't know. Yeah,
2: 62. Your guess? 63. You uh, are closer. He was born May the 22nd in the year of the Lord, 1959. He's 64 today, John Dawson. So you take a two to nothing lead. And, uh, man, this is, uh, wait a minute, chorus again while I look up this next song. Here we go. Uh, he was part of one of the most successful songwriting collaborations of all time with Elton John. He wrote this.
0: Oh, I know this. It's, uh, Bernie. It's Benny Toppin. <laughs> Benny Hanna? What? Is
2: I it Bernie Toppin? Yeah, is it yeah, Bernie It is Bernie Toppin. But what did I say a couple of days ago or last Benny. week? Benny Toppin. Benny yeah. and the Jets. Is that based on old?
5: <laughs> you wrote that one for <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, I love this song, Tiny Dance.
0: Tony Danza.
2: Yeah, they do that too. But I love. Did you ever see uh, uh, Almost Famous? Yes. You saw it, right? No. Do you just not want to see it? Or? I asked. <coughs> it is a great movie. Cameron Crowe. Yeah. Basically based on him growing up, and this scene right here where uh, where they play this is it's awesome. It's awesome. I love this song. Your favorite, uh, Elton John, Bernie Taupin, "Madman Across the Water." I will try to
0: find that. I think the the big the first big one they did was was it your song? Probably.
2: Well. Basically, every hit that Elton John has had, Bernie Taupin wrote. I mean, there's Did, a he, couple do of lyrics.
0: did he do Crocodile lyrics, Rock? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, he did all of them. Dude, hold on. I You wouldn't believe. It'd take me too long to uh, get into the whole what thing. What happened
5: to Madman Across the Water? I kind of want to get to the chorus on this. I want to hear the chorus. Maybe somebody will finally hear this song. <laughs> Jesus. Fair point. I
2: love this song, man.
1: He makes a And the way I
5: understand it, he writes lyrics, and then Elton John writes music and the melody afterwards, which is tough to do.
2: That's amazing. We're not going to get to the chorus. It's all good. What was it? Madman? Madman Across the Water. Oh, that's awesome. I
5: don't think I've ever heard this. W.R.D., used to play this a lot, especially at night. Well,
2: it's your turn while we're listening. Uh, you you uh, put together your guest How today is Bernie Taupin.
5: Seventy. Oh, man. Seventy. Seventy-seven.
2: You say seventy-seven. John is a Massey. Seventy-eight. He was born May twenty second, nineteen fifty. He's only seventy three today, and I can't believe you have uh, sound the alarm. Hold on, let me pot this down a little bit here. Let's get to the chorus.
5: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) oh, do you want me to? Yeah, I was just playing with you. I think the chorus is like nine minutes from now. I'm just playing. Oh, okay. Sound the alarm. Oh,
2: (laughs) sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. Sound the alarm john dawson is up three to nothing you've never had back-to-back perfect games now jonathan has had back-to-back perfect games you did it one time i'll have to look it up to see john dawson what in the world you've got eight straight birthdays here what is going on it was that ginger ale you so generously gave me brian there you go uh hey it uh, goes back to you here uh jonathan massey uh there's a surgery named after him. that's pretty much all I need to say.
0: Tommy John.
2: yep. Uh, I worked with him at, when I was with the when I was with the Gaston Gazette and covered the Charlotte Knights. he was the color analyst for the Charlotte Knights. and dude, we would sit in the media room. you always wanted to get the Charlotte Knights games early because Tommy John would sit up there and tell some of the craziest, And uh, let's just say craziest stories uh, of his career. You know, he played 26 years in Major League Baseball. Yikes. And uh, That seems excessive. It it was excessive, but it was awesome and uh, was very nice. I can say that uh, I took a pitch off him Mm -hmm. out of the infield one time. They would have Mm -hmm. uh, media day, and he would go out there and and throw for us. And, you know, with his Tommy John uh, reconstructed elbow – or shoulder is it shoulder or elbow 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 uh he would throw batting practice for the media and i actually hit a pitch and knocked it out of the infield i was very proud of myself it was
0: on a t-ball field but
2: it was but I, hey wait a uh, minute but, speaking uh, of
0: tommy john surgery i just saw a uh, little breaking news kumal rocker the rangers prospect
2: Well, you mean this is breaking news last tuesday yeah, but the, go ahead. The
0: flipping time trial. It's said to have Tommy John surgery.
2: Oh, well, so he's already had it then, probably by today here on Who Monday, knows? May the 22nd. He might
0: have been putting it off. He might have something going on. Would you like to borrow this stick? <laughs> no, I'll do it with my bare hands. I want to feel the life escaping. <laughs> that was dark. Okay. Not yeah. as dark as it's going to be in that pine box, everybody. Good Lord.
2: Okay, uh, dude, you've got to break up his perfect game that John Dawson's having over here. Tommy John, how old is he today over there, Jonathan Massey? When, he, when did he retire? the sandwich company now. No, that's Jimmy John's. Oh, okay.
0: Wow. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the sandwich company. When did he retire?
2: Let's see. Tommy John retired. His final season was in 1989.
0: Good Lord.
2: He started with, well, that's true, he started with the Cleveland Indians in 1963. And played his final game for the Yankees in 1989, 26 years later. Go ahead.
0: All right. Uh, it does seem
2: excessive. It does. 82. You say 82. What do you say, John Dawson? 83. He was born May 22nd, uh, 1943. He's 80. He's twice a man it because 40 yeah. times two so he's double man. okay anyway he's 80 <laughs> years old over there uh john you break up the perfect game it's three to one doesn't matter you've already clinched the day there uh john dawson but uh she was once engaged to U two's adam clayton it's supermodel oh naomi Campbell. yeah do you know that story
5: i know they were uh, robert de niro's didn't he still dating her or
2: he was, very well or? might but i i love it because of U two reference it was during the zoo tv tour they were doing an interview of adam clayton and they said you know uh, you know they were they're the world's biggest band at that point mm-hmm. you know i mean with coming off octoon baby and zoo tv and or a zoo ropa and they asked adam clayton you've pretty much got it all in your life what what, what would you like to have and he said i'd like to have a date with naomi campbell a week later he goes on it she gets he hears about that and he goes on a date with they end up getting engaged and everything it didn't work out but uh it's a shame nothing ever worked out for the lad <laughs>. exactly but how cool is that his whole
5: career is this boom 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 boom
0: boom 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 and
5: we had a front row seat for it yes we <laughs> did Riley, rally we were yes. right
2: that gets you naomi campbell yeah well i mean when you good for him <Davidson> yeah naomi campbell john dawson how old is she today Fifty-eight. You say 58. What do you say, Jonathan Massey?
0: 57.
2: She was born May the 22nd in the year of the Lord, 1970. She's only 53, so you uh, bounced back a little bit. Not enough to win the day, Jonathan Massey, but you win today 3-2, to two, John Dawson. Mm. You are now up 10 days to 6, and I guess I need to start looking at how many you need to clinch. May, because you're pretty doggone close, dude. you can't jinx it without the stats. Uh, you're absolutely right. So, <laughs> But congratulations, Dawson. You win today. Uh, hey, a local birthday here. Rob Gauthier, Uh today is his birthday. He's one that does a Renaissance Fair, has put it on for two successful years, and is a uh, pretty good dude, pretty good dude. He sat right there in the chair you're sitting in right now. Jonathan Massey and uh, done the show a couple of times. Disinfected it before he sat down. Yeah, because Jonathan was there. That's right. So, uh, hey, uh, if your birthday today, like Rob Gauthier and uh, Naomi Campbell and Tommy John and Tiny Dancer Bernie Taupin, then have a great birthday. We'll see you tomorrow on the birthday game presented by GoEco Office Automation. And again, I want to thank Jacques Passelag and GoEco Office Automation. I also want to thank Paul Whittington, big time. Thank you so much for uh, letting us use your. Awesome, Man Cave, to do the show live from Garner here today. Thank you to uh, Mark Panicelli and to Clay Harrell for also joining us tomorrow. We're going to try to have, uh, well, we will have Richard Clark in our first hour. We're going to have Scott Scooter-Rogers live from Florida as ECU plays in the uh, AAC tournament. Hey, thank you so much. Have a great Monday. We'll see you tomorrow on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.